0: Cameron Dagan, welcome to the show. Um today we have um today we're going to talk about the, uh, the the recent tragedy that took place in Turkey and um we'll be um we'll be touching upon some of the major aspects of it, how um sort of like the earthquake did happen and what were some of the um emergency response that came and what has it changed in our lives over the past 10 days and what it is likely to change forever uh, in in Turkey. So it's, um, I just wanna say that uh, we are deeply saddened because of uh, the tragedy that tens of thousands of people have lost their lives. But as Property Turkey, we have acknowledged this tragedy since the very first day in living this is our own tragedy and we have been on the ground uh, with the victims and
1: helping out right we've been on the ground we have um, done our best to encourage everybody within the company to donate as much as they can and i have to say uh, i'm more than happy to see that all of us in the company they felt for the cause and everybody have done their best and more importantly more importantly quite a few of our clients right. um they donated significant amounts for the earthquake relief toward the earthquake relief clients from all over the world people who have who feel that turkey is also home for them right. so um that's uh, you yeah, know that's a yeah. happy thing
0: Obviously, I have a few facts that I'd like to read out before uh, we venture into our projections of what is gonna happen um, in the country. And these facts are um, facts that are related to the uh, the tragedy that, that just happened. So the first point, I, I, I took notes of four different pointers here before I okay. leave the word to you. So the first pointer was what happened uh, in, in, in a very summary uh, version, two major earthquakes took place on the 6th of February in the southeast of Turkey. These were 7.6 and 7.7 magnitude earthquakes. Both of them are quite big. It resulted Fairy, in huh? heavy destruction in major cities in the region. These are primarily Hatay, Kahraman Marash, Adiyaman and Malatya. Uh, these were the cities that I, that I personally have visited And I spent uh, quite a good amount of time in these places. So, So I know how densely populated these areas were. And I could, although I myself have not been to that particular area, I could see the amount of destruction. That was caused there. And in addition to these cities, uh, places like Adana, Gaziantep, and smaller cities nearby did take a significant amount of damage. And as a result, we know that up to 40,000 people uh, have been pronounced dead, both in Turkey and uh, in Syria. Now, in order uh, for us to understand why that has happened, this part of Turkey is located in the junction of the tectonic plates, such as the Anatolian, African, and the Arabian plates. These types of earthquakes are common in the region according to the historical data these earthquakes have a tendency to recur in every 300 or so years so So at the um, end of the
1: day as we always say turkey is a merger or rather crossroads from east to west and it's it's really at, at such a geographic location that several plates they interact with one another you sort of you've got the african and middle eastern plate that is almost pushing Turkey northwards. Right. And then to to the up, you've got the European continent that that, that applies another type of press, pressure. Right. To, so the land of Turkey, Anatolia, being at the crossroads of Europe, Africa, and Middle East, all these plates, which are kind of different parts of the world crest, so to speak, they all interact with one another. So Turkey right. is naturally uh, on an earthquake zone.
0: I guess, what we need to talk about now is the reasons behind the level of uh, destruction and, and, and yes. the level of uh, loss of life. And and that's a very important point. I have summarized it into four different points. Number one was definitely the magnitude and the time of the earthquakes, because the first one, which is a bigger one, happened at 4 a.m. in the morning, which caught people sleeping. So um, that was... Uh, the reason why a lot of people well, the death toll was actually well, uh, simp- so much higher simply
1: it's um people were sitting ducks yeah simply right they uh they couldn't escape yeah so um this particular earthquake hit the region at the worst possible time uh, the second one which was almost as big
0: the 7.6 magnitude earthquake happened during daytime and it didn't cause as much uh, of a loss of life, uh, because people were out and about, and they 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 already evacuated their buildings. The second one caused material damage uh, that was more significant than the first one. But another reason why, again, the destruction, devastation, and the death toll was uh, this high was because of the terrain. Uh, When you look at uh, the areas that were destroyed, we see a great majority of these buildings that were destroyed, uh, they were built on the flatlands. For example, a city that we both know is called Hatay, that took, I think the biggest, uh, share out of that destruction yeah. was that when you, when, when you look at how the city was built, a portion of it is built on a rocky terrain. The other portion of the city was built on flat terrains, eh, almost like uh, there, there are rivers passing by. I think it's
1: called- Deltas. The Deltas. They're, they're probably yeah. in the deltas, old dried up deltas, which is right. where, where the soil or the ground right. is not necessarily as strong and as stable. Yes, right. I think that's what you're referring to as flat ground. Right. From what I understand, um, this is one of the um, biggest and most powerful earthquakes to hit anywhere on the land in the last 100 years. Yes, I, I heard that too. In terms of its impact, in terms of how impactful the earthquakes were. and And that power was felt...
0: Um, by these um, cities so devastatingly because it happened very close to the Earth's uh, crust. You know, it didn't happen that deep, it happened close to the surface, uh, which caused further devastation. Another reason was definitely the poor building quality and the 98%, this is very important, 98% of the buildings that were destroyed were built before 1999. And um, 1999, as you know, if you want to say a few words on that, is a, is a very important milestone for Turkey, right?
1: 98% of these buildings were older buildings, buildings that were built before the new earthquake regulations came into force in 2001 2 after the major earthquake that hit the northwest of Turkey in 1999. right? That was kind of a bit of a wake-up call for Turkey. It would appear that the wake-up call may not have been felt enough. Despite the magnitude of the 99 earthquake. And this is what makes me sad. Yeah. 98% of the buildings that collapsed, causing majority of the loss of life, were all the buildings. That were not earthquake compliant. Right. And it appears that there are a few buildings that were built with so-called earthquake compliant regulations which also collapsed in a way they should not have collapsed but what you know gives me some relief is that is that those ones they are the sheer minority the so new builds yeah the new builds that are built after the earthquake regulations great majority of them appear to have stood the test
0: what i observed is that these these things were terrain related rather than a rather great majority than necessarily of the, new build well, yeah, the the build quality yeah. so another reason why the the death toll was was this high because of the the, the 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 emergency response because most of the roads railways ports and airports that led to these cities were destroyed which delayed the emergency response plus you're talking about the weather it snowed and rained in, in many of these, this was, it's, I don't know if it's right to say this particular, uh, use this particular or not, it was the perfect storm scenario.
1: It is a perfect storm Two scenario.
0: Two earthquakes, not one, two earthquakes in the same region. What are the chances of that happening? What is the chance of that happening 4 a.m. in the morning when everybody else is sleeping? What is the chance of, Roads and airports and, uh, and and ports are being destroyed, so the emergency response is delayed. And what is the chance of that happening in the in, end of in winter?
1: Midwinter,
0: right? Midwinter. And there isn't much to say on that, but let's let's talk about some of the facts of of uh, what is expecting Turkey. Right? The, the, the rebuilding. That's, um, that's something that the Turkish government has called as an immediate, uh, for an immediate rebuild, rebuilding campaign in the destroyed areas. The earthquake has also raised attention to the older buildings in major cities. President Erdogan himself came along and say, in a very short time, he used the phrase of within a year that we will regenerate these, um, these cities. Obviously now it is being talked about and debated whether or not they should regenerate these cities this fast, I mean, not regenerate, but rebuild these cities this fast or allow some time for a proper uh, urban uh, planning, uh, you know, that would fit within the history of these cities and the significance and what they represent. Let me give you the big picture of the data. So, Very so, briefly, so, give so, so the that big you us talk about it.
1: So the importance of regeneration is highlighted again and again, because for the next 20 years, in my opinion, This is the buzzword for Turkey.
0: Right, 100%. So two things. Thing number one, um, from the the economy uh, point of view, um, IMF predictions for the Turkish GDP for 2023 was $950 billion. These four major cities uh, that the destruction took place accounted for 5% of the country's GDP. It is expected that the GDP growth of Turkey will be a little lower than expected. And not only that, so that's you you
1: lost 30 to 40,000 people That's the direct in impact yes. but then there's the impact of patching the wounds right and that is estimated to be between
0: 20 to 30 billion dollars i think that's for that a very conservative
1: region. estimate right i was so reading figures that actually put the estimates up to 100 billion dollars
0: Yes, and that's for regeneration. Now, let me give you some information about the urban regeneration that is required. Turkey has more than 40 million buildings all around the country. According to the Ministry of Environment, City, and Climate, the total number of buildings that needs regeneration around the country is 3.2 million
1: buildings. When we say buildings, we don't want single dwellings. No, We mean a building that could, within it, have... 50, yeah. 60 dwellings. Right, you're talking about the eight to 10% of the overall housing stock
0: of Turkey. When you factor that into, when you proportionate that into the population, you're talking about six to eight million people, 68 million Turkish people are living in these homes as of today, that needs to be regenerated. And it has been said that 500,000 buildings within Istanbul uh, needs regeneration
1: 500,000 buildings mean in my opinion no less than 3 million people yeah at no least, less at least at so least. we're talking about in Istanbul alone no less than 3 million people who currently live in properties that are not compliant at all at all that are not earthquake compliant. They need to be replaced. They need to be regenerated as a matter of urgency.
0: 100%.
1: This is the most urgent thing that has to happen in Turkey. Yes. Particularly along the earthquake fault lines. And guess what? Istanbul is on one of them.
0: Okay. Now look, you've been in this industry for the past 20 years and um, urban regeneration is definitely our thing. We know the dynamics, we know how it works. When you look at the next 10 years or so, how do you think this entire thing will play out?
1: There are a lot of things and a lot of factors that that we can talk about. Right. One, there's gonna be a major, major shift now from older stock to newer stock. You're gonna start seeing people dumping old stock as if they're hot. Yes. What that means is that we're gonna have An urgent, massive need to recreate, regenerate, street by street, district by district, okay? Now, that needs a lot of funding. A lot of funding. A lot of funding. That needs the private sector, developers, project managers, you know, the private sector, working in tandem, in full harmony with the government. Right. Another thing, funding. How do we fund this whole thing? Yes, we can go to the IMF. Yes, we can go to the World Bank. Yes, we can go to the European Bank of Recreation and Development. Probably we're going to do a bit of each. Um, But I don't think that's enough in itself. I really don't think that's enough. So we're going to be needing to make sure that we have enough amount of foreign direct investment from private sector, private initiatives and investors coming into the country, why would a foreign investor come into this or a Turkish investor for that for 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 that matter? why would they come in and bankroll the regenerations? Well, the only way and or the only reason they would do it, people being people is if there is good enough return in of it course. for them, which means again goes back to putting the regulations and legislation in such a way that for the private sector, coming into urban regeneration, providing the quality stock, well, they don't just provide, replace what's there. But they also make money. They also make money out of of that. Now, how do they make money out of that? Well, simple, by replacing 10 units with 13 units. So they got the 30% extra, which is a margin. By replacing 10 units, with a market value of 10 liras each and raising that market value to 13, 14, 15 liras each. Yeah, These are the things that have to happen. It isn't a luxury. It isn't, oh, should we? Or is it a choice? No, it has to happen. Unless these things happen, urban regeneration isn't gonna be fast enough. Yeah. Unless urban regeneration is fast and speed and efficient enough, we're not gonna be able to put people in quality, earthquake-compliant housing. If we don't do that, we're up for another disaster. Yes. We need to give the private sector enough incentives to come in and regenerate. We need to provide speedy finance in a way that is palatable, And we need to manage the demand, which is going to be extremely steep. We need to manage the demand so that the right people get the right part of it. Yeah. So then how do we do it? Because let's face it, Turkey is not necessarily a very, very rich country. Right. Now, what you're saying, Cameron, you could say to me, is that prices have to go up for profitability because we are giving better qualities. Of course, quality comes at a price. So then how is that average guy in the street gonna afford that? How do you think? Now, this is where, as I said, the government and the private sector, they've got to work together. Banks in Turkey are wealthy. Yes. Turkish banks are wealthy, always been. They've got good bottom lines. They generate good profits. So these banks, they have to give more affordable loans, mortgages to home buyers. To the public, yeah. Okay. Why don't they? Well, our mortgage system is not as developed as in the UK and in the US. Right. There are reasons. I'm not going to go into that, but I'll give you one little statistic that I looked up immediately when you told me we're going to do this episode because I know that this is something that the government has to adjust, has to, no other way. Now, in the UK, 50% of all housing is mortgage backed. Right. This means 50% of all housing stock in the UK is acquired by the end users, by the owners, with mortgages. So the overall, overall, loan-to-value in the UK, let's put it this way, is 50%. The same figure is around 45% in the US. Do you know what the same figure, what the equivalent figure in Turkey is? 15%. 15%. Right. Which means only 15% of housing is acquired via mortgages. Majority, great majority of the housing stock in Turkey is purchased outright. Is outright owned, no mortgages. Now, in a country that is not otherwise wealthy, where the average income per head is around $10,000, you can then very rightly ask me a question, Cameron, you're dreaming. How are these people going to afford these higher quality, yet higher price tag properties? Well, they won't be able to, unless and until they have access to A proper mortgage system that gives them 20, 25 years palatable interest rates and loan-to-value around 80%, 70%, maybe up to 90% in some cases. Yes. Okay, now, a proper mortgage system is needed. Whenever that happens, whenever mortgages are easier, whenever mortgages are easier to obtain- with higher loan-to-value, it helps the housing market. Yes. Which means then people will be able to afford better homes. People will be able to replace their inferior, poor-quality stock with better quality, better lifestyle offers, which is what has to be done as a matter of urgency, particularly in big cities such as Istanbul.
0: Let me give you the good news, Cameron. Yeah. You, I, I, I agree one hundred percent with all the points that you you put forward, and you you kept on saying the government has to, the government should. I don't think the, the there is no should or has to anymore because. What is a government? A government is the public. Whatever the public needs, I mean, the, the ministers, the 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 people True. who are running the country is the public itself. Right now and today and for the next ten years, the biggest demand in the country, people will don't, will not want to fear death when they put their heads on their pillows. Don't you think that is going to affect the way they vote? Don't you think they will now vote for oh? I have this type of a political ideology or that, I don't care. I don't care what type of an ideology do you have. Can you help solve my problem? Can I sleep uh, without thinking about these things at night? So therefore, urban regeneration will be at the forefront of all the political campaigns that will happen in the next election and the election after it and the election after it. Therefore, the government has no other choice but to put urban regeneration at the forefront of their their, their political campaigns, their, um, their their entire legislation and everything. Do you now, know,
1: Aladdin? Right. You know, we, we've been discussing, you and I, so many times, let us just move that focus away from this sector. It's had enough for the past almost 20 years. You know, let's just move the focus away to more research and development, to technology, right. to robotics, the to artificial cars, intelligence, the AI, the electric cars. Oh, yeah. Do you know what now? Nah. Coming back. Full blown. Yes. For the next 20 years, again, this is going to be the thing, the sector in Turkey.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, I, I live in this country, right? And, and 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 I hear what people say. I listen to the young people. Oh, you know... Too much uh, construction industry, you know, you cannot save the country with building uh, buildings and shopping malls and this, that and everything. And as they were saying this, I was always looking out the window and looking at this old stock and I was thinking to myself, I was like, we need 10 times more growth in the construction industry so that we can properly regenerate our cities so that we can end up being bigger and better and stronger country. 100%. And I, I I could have I could have never thought for a single day that the construction industry would slow down. It did slow down a little bit in the past it few years. Yeah. It's it's not like in what happened in 2010, 12, 11. Yeah. It did slow down, but now I think the biggest construction boom ever in the world is coming to, to Turkey.
1: Turkey. Now, Istanbul if 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 we had a time machine and we could travel three is forward every corner of istanbul will be a construction site right i'm thinking majority of the stock will be pre-sold yeah so it's not going to be a case of people building and then waiting to sell No, people will pre-sell and build yes because the demand is going to be so high that the moment a regeneration project opens people will be eyeing up what to buy to get in immediately right? because I see I see a massive escalation of prices again now I don't know I can't say this is a good thing or a bad thing but this is the way major cities in the world are and, and, and I think Istanbul is gonna catch up
0: look there there is an unavoidable price to pay here. yes okay and I'm not just talking about the the, the demography of the neighborhoods has to change. It yes. will change and there's nothing you can do about yes. it. There's, no. when, you, when you look at central Istanbul, let's talk about Shishli, right? When you look at the 90% of the stock in Shishli that needs regenerating, you're not talking about the same people that will be living in these yes. places when they are regenerated. So, yeah. so that will happen. And it's, it's, it's a sad thing. The, regen- so, the, the, you know, the
1: regeneration, regeneration Aladdin, will inevitably come with a rearrangement of so the demographic makeup of the city also.
0: And there's nothing you can do about it. There isn't okay, because so
1: you, you're not going to you're not going to be able to see uh, I don't think this is going to happen in a year or two but I think in 10 years time um in the city center of Istanbul you're gonna have people on deep pockets. Right. Only the deep-pocketed will be able to afford. Before COVID,
0: this is 2019, 2018. Istanbul per square meter averages was around 800, 850 to 900 dollars per square meter. Very cheap, very affordable. Today, 2022, coming into 2023, first quarter of 2023. $1,800 to $2,000 is the average per square meter in Istanbul, new or old, Yeah, $2,000. That we were saying a couple months ago that guys, Istanbul had a good run. This increase, is a, this trend isn't gonna continue with the same speed. We do expect the prices to go up, but not with the same speed. Do not expect doubling your money in Istanbul. Don't come with, you know, having 100% gains, whatever. It did happen, it's not gonna happen again. Now, with this new push, we will see new all-time highs. The price per square meter in Istanbul going up to, I don't know, three, four, 5,000 US dollars. Easily. Because when when, Easily. when you compare it to London, New York, and, and 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 some other major cities around the world, which doesn't have this major of a push, price per square meter is how much? $8,000, $10,000, $12,000 on average?
1: Well, Istanbul's still below $2,000. See, you see, in, in Turkey, um, the push is not just gonna come from the demand side. Right. But there's another push from the bottom up, costs. Right. Here are the property prices in, say, massive cities, major cities such as Istanbul, today. There is a pressure from up, cost pressure up, pushing up the price. And there's a demand pressure pulling up the price. Right. So the demand is going to be pulling the price up. The cost is going to be pushing the price up. Right. So I'm really, really hoping that the government and and, and the Bank of, Bank of Turkey, the, the central, central Bank, Bank yeah. of Turkey, are quick enough and intelligent enough in completely... Um, revising uh, the financial face of uh, the lending market in Turkey. This is currently what is being talked about, Cameron. There, there's, there
0: is no other thing. This is what the banks are talking about. This is what the financial institutions are talking about. This is what the government's construction arm, Emlak Konotoki and others are talking about. This is what the government is talking about. This is what the public is talking about. There is nothing else yes. in Turkey right now that is being talked about. Um, it has it was actually timely that the um, the new financial center uh, in istanbul is being uh, opening right now and i think that will provide the 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 infrastructure at least for these financial institutions to come and actually create new financial solutions for the growing finance needs of the country so um, i'm i'm quite hopeful uh to see uh what is going to happen and how the scale of the regeneration that will take place it's very hard to predict um how exactly it is going to play out but based on our experience as you just explained these are the certain things that we're thinking they the, the costs the construction costs are going to go up uh, there's definitely uh, demand for this that is pu- that will pull up the prices the
1: demand right. for new Quality right. um building. There is no other property gonna side. skyrocket. There is no other property th- 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 that that is. Th- the, the demand only for that side. segment right. is gonna skyrocket.
0: Right. And we, we know that the financial institutions are now working on um, regulating and making
1: it easy for people right. to borrow right. money against right. their homes. Right. Priority number one. Um, you know, all, all all these. Anyway, so it's I think it's enough that we talked about um,
0: these certain things it's It's good actually, because it has brought some you know normality and normalcy into our daily lives because let's face it, this is our job, and this is what we do one can uh be you know one can move away from these types of tragedy by focusing on their work and focusing on what they do best. And uh, thank you very much for these insights. And I know you've been studying these things for the past, you know, the the moment that this tragedy happened, uh, you've been looking into these things to sort of understand how this entire thing is going to play out because the business side is one thing, the other side is, is, is human lives, you know? And, and that's a very
1: important thing. So, every. You can't price it. You, right. you can't put, put a price on that. Right. And, 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 right. and this is why all these things are extremely important now. Right. To actually give people a peace of mind, to, to give them the comfort at their home. Right. And, and you know, to, to make sure that the country does not suffer. From such unnecessary right losses
0: it's not just business for us this is this is why I want my audience to understand it's not just business for us it's 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 saving lives it's it's thinking about um the country and how our country is going to be i mm. mean yesterday, we were knocking down the buildings uh of of sense Levant yesterday we had our demolition Cameron. The buildings did not have columns I know, I know, I know, I know it 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 didn't have iron, nothing and as as it was happening i i when I was watching it i was I was hopeful to see, okay, you know what it's It's good that these people were not caught in these buildings when the earthquake hit i mean it's it, it's a very fine line, it's a very thin line to walk, you know it's it's our job business, but there's there's also the societal aspect of these things, so yeah thank you very much for watching guys we we wanted to give you guys an update on what has happened in the industry what is happening in our lives and what do we expect to happen in the country um, by the way um, we have put um, the, the, there's, there's, there's a banner that's been coming up for uh, the donations yeah. of, of the victims of the earthquakes uh, it would be amazing if you guys could contribute and chip in because it matters to us. Me, Cameron, Property Turkey, our clients, and some of our audience who is watching right now has been chipping in since the uh, very first day. We are uh, ever so thankful for you. You have not only provided us business, but also help for the country because most of you, when when we speak on the phone, uh, you guys were saying, you know what, Aladdin, I, I, I had a, good run, I took on your investment and I made money in Turkey, now I see this as my they debt to They want to return to something. And uh, this, really you
1: know. and truly, I mean, we were all very, very touched because in, in, in the days following the earthquake, quite a few clients, quite a few people reached out to us. You know, these are people who've, who've been our clients for many years. They reached out to us. They said, "Okay, do you have a link you can send where we can donate? How can we take part? How can we help?" And I know a lot of them did. A and lot. I don't want to give any figures, but, no, but a significant a very, amount of help came very, very in. Very very right. nice to see. Right. Very very nice to see that that people actually are, are, are stepping up and they want to do something.
0: Okay. okay. Cameron Degen, thank you very much. Thank you very much guys for watching. These will be the topics that we will be discussing in the upcoming episodes. We'll discuss about the, the, the situation here in Istanbul as well, the urban regeneration, yes. the expected earthquake, and uh, we'll talk about, we'll be updating you with how um, things play out in the industry and in the country. Thank you very much for watching and see you in the next one.
1: Thanks a lot.